Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. scared when the angel came to her. There was one main angel called Gabriel. He was just a boy angel. She had wings and she was all white. The angel said, you're gonna have a special baby. And it was God's son. She was quite excited. A bit scared. And she was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have the son of God. And then she was like, I can't, I'm not married and stuff. Joseph, he was a builder. Mary told Joseph that she was having a baby called Jesus and it was God's son. He's like, what? Then Joseph saw the angel in a dream. I think Joseph was really scared. And then they went to Bethlehem. On a donkey. It'd be quite hot. She had a baby in her tummy and she would have been really heavy. <laughs> she said, Can we stop anywhere with these houses? They had to try and find somewhere for Mary to have the baby. They went around a whole neighbourhood. No, there's no space. Everyone said no in an angry voice because it was the middle of the night. He said, yeah, there's a barn type thing around the back. They had to go to a barn and have their baby. It had sheep. It was like all hay and animal poop and sheep and things. put baby Jesus in one of those troughs. They call the baby Jesus and they loved him. And he has two daddies, God and Jesus. They both needed to look after the baby. The angel told the shepherds to follow the star. There was three kings. They followed the star all the way to where Jesus was born. When they get to the table, they give them Jesus the presents. and then they got some angels as visitors too. And then there was a giant star. Everyone was there. Then there was a party.
Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Great to see you guys. Glad you're here. Hey, let's give a big shout out and a welcome. Nutley, New Brunswick and Mountainside. Merry Christmas, guys. Glad you're here to celebrate with us. I'm Pastor Tim. I want to welcome you to uh, Liquid Church. Thank you for coming. If you're new, we're one church. We meet in multiple locations all across New Jersey. We're excited you're with us to celebrate. Uh, quick show of hands. How many families with kids here? Any families with kids? Raise your hand real quick. Yeah, awesome. We love kids at Liquid. I remember when I was a kid on Christmas, I used to kind of write out my list before Christmas Eve of, you know, the stuff that I wanted. I'd write out, you know, Millennium Falcon. How do you spell Millennium? Uh, you know, Nerf football, all that kind of stuff. Today, kids are very fluent with technology and it's impacting their Christmas list. Have you seen this picture? It's trending right now on Twitter. Apparently, a little boy wrote, Dear Santa, how are you? I'm good. Here's what I want for Christmas. HTT backslash backslash www.amazon.com backslash product B-O-O. It's in, in crayon. He painstaking detail. It's a sign of the times, right? You know, it's, uh, it's like now St. Nick works for Amazon, you know? Is it the sound of reindeer I hear or a drone with my package? You don't know uh, at this time. But our theme for Christmas has been fear not. What we've been doing as a church is for December, we spent three weeks looking at the different sources of the birth of Jesus Christ in the Bible. And in each of these gospel stories, we see an angel appears to different people. You see these angel wings behind me. And the first thing out of the angel's mouths are two words. Can we say them together? Help me out. They say, fear not. Once to Mary, they say, fear not. Don't be afraid. You're going to be pregnant with God's son, but it's through the Holy Spirit. The angel appears to Joseph and says, fear not, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. And today, we're going to look at the third appearance of this message, fear not, in the gospel of Luke, as these words are spoken to a group of shepherds who are keeping watch over their flocks at night. And we're going to talk about the fear of feeling forgotten, especially on Christmas Eve, because Christmas can be a lonely time, actually, for many people, and I think sometimes we can get so caught up, you know, in the, the gift-giving and the shopping and the travel and the cooking preparations for family, we forget those who are kind of living on the fringe of our lives, who God came to bless first on that first Christmas Eve. So would you open your Bible? We put one on your chair to Luke chapter 2. We're going to look at that, uh, verses 8 through 12. It's on page 716, or if you're 13 years old, flip there on your iPhone. Uh, Luke chapter 2. We're going to look at this. We'll start at verse 8. Let's read God's word together. Here's what it says. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks of sheep at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were, what's the word here? terrified. Yeah, now why would shepherds be freaking out? If you're new, let me give you a little review. In our modern world, when people hear that term angel, I think they get a picture in their head of something like this, right? You know, a, a fat, bald, little naked baby playing its harp with its halo in the clouds or skipping along with kitty cats, you know, isn't that cute? That's the kind of crap you see on Facebook, just honestly. But that's not how an angel is depicted in the Bible. According to scripture, angels look more like this. They're used by God as warriors, as messengers. The Greek word angelos means messenger. In other words, they are fearsome creatures who are capable of destroying an entire city, yet tender and sensitive enough to protect a newborn child. So you can understand why these shepherds were terrified. I mean, they are sitting out there in the dead of night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them. 
the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Verse 10 says, but the angel said to them, do not be what? Do not be afraid. Fear not. That's what the King James Version says. I bring you what? Good news that will cause great joy for all the people today. In the town of David, a, let's say this together, church, all of the yellow words, big loud voice, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. It's an incredible thing to look at here. It says this will be a sign to you because they're kind of like, how will we know? And you'll find this baby wrapped in what? Cloths and lying in a manger. And this is amazing because this is how the, the birth announcement of Jesus Christ our Savior came first to shepherds who were illiterate, uneducated, migrant field workers. I want you to think about this. If the Son of God was born on earth today, who do you think would be first to receive the good news? Because from a, a worldly mindset, you might think like, you know, maybe God goes first to those with great power. You know, like people in our world who like dominate the headlines. You know, Obama, the Pope, the Kardashians, you know, somebody really important. You know, in our world, royal births are a spectacle. We saw that recently with the, uh, the birth of Prince George, right? That's William and Kate. They gave birth to Prince George. He's now heir to the throne of England. And they did what most parents do when they give birth to a future king. They dressed him like a little girl. It's, isn't that sort of weird? Like, right? kind of strange, right? Not rags, but royal lace. This is actually the official portrait that the House of Windsor sent out to dukes, to royals, to presidents, and world leaders. Now contrast that with the birth of Jesus. God sends the Prince of Heaven, his son, to be born in the dirt and the dung of a barn. That's what a manger was. It was a feeding trough for animals. And then he announces it to shepherds who have no money, a borderline job. And you may think, well, I know, but isn't that kind of nice? I see nativity scenes. Shepherds are rustic. No, 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 no. What you may not understand is that shepherds were one of the most neglected, disrespected, and forgotten groups of people in the entire Middle East. Now, why did, why did shepherds feel forgotten by God and others? I'll give you a couple reasons. The first reason shepherds felt forgotten is that they were poor and powerless. Shepherds were the bottom of the ba barrel in ancient Israel. As I said, they were uneducated. They didn't know how to read or write. They worked a low-paying job that honestly nobody else wanted. In fact, the, the job of a shepherd was so low that if a father had to have one in his family, often he would give it to a slave instead of his son because shepherds were lower class, no education, few marketable skills, and no means of ever advancing in their career. They eked out a subsistence living caring for farm animals. You guys ever watch that show, Dirty Jobs? You know that Dirty Jobs show, right? This job required them to spend long hours with sheep. How do you think they smelled, okay? Let me tell you how they smelled, okay? They smelled like shepherds, okay? Like a portage on outside a Metallica concert. So this is, this is, they did the dirty jobs no one else wanted to do. In fact, do you remember this past fall in the immigration debate? I, I remember this. Uh, one senator actually said the best reason for letting immigrants stay in America is that they're willing to do the jobs that no American citizen is willing to do, like mop a, a bathroom at McDonald's. Now, that's a very condescending view, but it's also very true. And that's why shepherds were low on the totem pole in their world. They had no power. They had no influence. They were treated like undocumented workers, not to be trusted. As outcasts in Israel, in fact, they were told by religious leaders, 
you are not good enough for our religion. You are not good enough to be allowed in the temple. You are not good enough for God. As nomads, their job took them out on the road for weeks at a time. It's kind of like a trucker. They, a, a shepherd may be gone for 10, 14 days, or months even, before they came home. So they never went to church. They never went to temple. And they were declared ceremonially unclean. You know what that means? So much so that a religious person wouldn't touch a shepherd because it was thought if you touch the body of a shepherd, then you will be spiritually unclean before God. And people thought their uncleanness was contagious. So you can only imagine how poor and forgotten they felt. And the reality is that's the way a lot of people can feel, especially at Christmas. I mean, if you look around right now at everybody sitting in your campus and in your section, take a look down the row, right? Everybody looks all Christmassy, right, and holy and righteous. And you may be like, oh, man, this, I mean, this church is full of, you know, perfect people. Look at them, you know, pretty kids, well-to-do families. And you're thinking, man, if they saw, you know, my family's Christmas cards, you know, it's a little bit of a nightmare at Christmas, you know. We try to dress things up, put on our acid wash jeans, 1990, thank you. But our family's kind of a mess, Right? It's amazing when we compare ourselves to others how inferior we can feel, right? Like, ladies, you go into your friend's house, uh, you know, at Christmas, and their house looks like, you know, Pinterest perfect, right? It's perfectly decorated. It smells like cinnamon, you know. Their kid's hair is perfect. Their floor is clean. And you look at your house, and you're like, I can't even see the floor, right? My kids don't even know what a hairbrush is, right? On Christmas Eve in church, appearances can be deceptive. So understand that today, when you look at someone in your row, you may think, well, look, she's got it all together, or he's obviously very successful, or they look like a well-to-do family. And, the and you may think, well, and I'm so screwed up by comparison. But you have no idea. You have no idea of the pain that many people are carrying, even sitting in rows right around you. Just three seats down from you may be a single mom who's working two jobs, right, to make things ends meet. And she's about ready to cash it in because she feels poor, and powerless. She thinks, you know what? I can't do this. <laughs> if it weren't for my children, I wouldn't even be here. I can barely keep things together. Or right in front of you, there may be a guy who actually feels like a failure because he lost his job this fall. He's trying to be joyful at Christmas, but he's struggling financially, and he knows, you know, when his kids go back to school, someone's going to say, you know, how did you, you know, what'd you get for Christmas? And his kids are going to be tempted to stretch the truth a bit because honestly, he wanted to do more, but didn't have the means, and so he feels like a failure at Christmas. Or maybe you are new to our country. Maybe you are actually immigrating here, and you're still learning the language, or you're working a low-wage job. You may actually even have to work later today on Christmas Eve. While other families go home for dinner, you actually have to go to work. In comparison to those around you, that's how the shepherds felt, poor and powerless, poor and powerless. Secondly, at a heart level, the shepherds felt lonely and unloved. Because they were always on the move, that's what nomads were, they formed very few lasting relationships. It was typically their flock of, of sheep and then two or three other shepherds out in the field, in the cold, all alone. They work 24-7. There's no day off in shepherd world. In fact, that's one of the reasons they were rejected by the religious system of their day because one of the big rules in Israel's culture was you had to take a Sabbath. In other words, you have to take one day off a week to rest and to worship God. But shepherds couldn't do that because their job was round the clock. It was literally seven days a week and they kept watch over their flocks even at night. That's why they're living out in the fields. It's not just where the, the grass was for their sheep. It was away from where proper people lived, 
respectable families, the religious mainstream who did their religious duty. Shepherds were lonely. They were they avoided by others, and they were seemingly forgotten by God, and that's tragic. Because if you look at the text, I think there is this nobility here to the work of shepherds that most people just overlook at Christmas. In verse 8, it says this, the shepherds were living out in the fields nearby, keeping what? Keeping watch over their flocks at night. And again, make a modern day parallel, right? Today is Christmas Eve. Who is out there today keeping watch at night? Think about it. Who's working on Christmas Eve in our world? Oftentimes, it's folks in the service or the food industries, right? Restaurants or diners, gas stations, convenience store clerks. Sometimes it's people in public service, right? Police, fire, EMT, first responders. They're literally keeping watch over flocks, and we thank God for them. The job of shepherds was to protect and care for the sheep. In other words, you fought off any would-be attacks, you bound their wounds, you made sure the flock under your care was warm and well-fed. They were public servants, like the nurse who's on call in the emergency room tonight. But like many people in public service, sometimes they're overlooked and unthanked, lonely, unloved. I remember um, last Christmas Eve, on my way home for church, I had to stop and get some aspirin. My wife had hurt her hand. And I uh, went to a lot of stores. Not a lot were open, so I stopped by a 7-Eleven around the corner from our house. And it was kind of strange because there was this girl, you know, behind the counter all alone. There was no one else in the store. And I was like, this isn't the safest scenario, you know, right? And her name tag said Anka on it, right? And so I said, do you know where the aspirin is? She's like, it's over there. I look. I couldn't find it. So Anka comes around the corner. She goes, let me, let me show you. And she gets it out and helps me. She says, here it is. And, and we go back. And, I said, and so I'm like making small talk. I'm like, hey, it's Christmas. Are, are, you, are you here late? And she says, till 4 a.m. I said, 4 a.m.? She goes, yeah. She goes, I work from 4 to 4. And I thought about that as I drove home to my warm house, you know, filled with family and relatives who flew in filled with delicious food, and realized Anka is there in 7-Eleven for another seven hours, and it must get lonely. You know, it's not just those who are working on Christmas who feel lonely. How about elderly and senior citizens, right? Two days before Christmas last year, there was a report about a Connecticut hospital that had a sudden influx of elderly patients who were admitting themselves only days before Christmas. Multiple seniors in their 70s and 80s who were checking into the hospital with unidentified aches and pains and, and, and the day before, so they had this, these big influx of seniors. And so they admitted them, took x-rays, did MRIs, and many of them came up negative, meaning no problem. So they were going to discharge them and send them home. But many objected and said, no, 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 something else hurts. And they begged to stay in the hospital over Christmas. Eventually, an elderly man admitted the truth to a sympathetic nurse and actually said, you know what? Honestly, I don't want to go home because I don't have a family. I'm all alone. Do you have a cure for loneliness? Isn't that sad? Sometimes the elderly feel the most forgotten at Christmas. I mean, there's all kinds of poverty. There's financial, but there's also relational. As Mother Teresa said, loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. And the sad reality is there are many people today, even on Christmas Eve, who feel like the shepherds at the first Christmas Eve. Some are out there working. Some are sitting in the room at your campus, lonely and unloved, forgotten by others, and perhaps distant from God. Now, 
You may be like, well, this is a depressing message. <laughs> I'll give you that up to this point. But this is, watch, this is what makes the angelic announcement so stunning. Look what the text says. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you together good news, good news, gospel, that will cause what? Great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the chosen one, the Lord. God sent a Savior to you. Did you know that this is one of only two places in the Gospels where Jesus is referred to as a Savior? In other words, this is God's rescue plan to come first to people who are on the fringe and say, you know what? I know you think it's been about religion, meaning working your way to heaven, but I'm bringing heaven down to you, a relationship with my son Jesus. I am hand-delivering evidence of your heavenly father's grace, his unmerited favor, his blessing. He loves you just as you are in the form of this tiny baby. This will be the sign to you. You'll find the baby wrapped in what? Cloths and lying in a manger. In other words, he'll be dressed like a shepherd. Cloths literally mean rags, and a manger is a feeding trough for sheep. Think about this. The son of God is born amidst the dirt and the dung. This is the good news. This is the gospel hand-delivered by God's angelic messengers. Don't be afraid. Don't feel unloved. You are not alone. Instead of thinking you have to work your way or clean your up your life and make your way to God, God's son has intentionally dressed down and come to you. That's the incarnation. God with skin on, heaven's king, becomes poor and powerless, one of us. He takes on the humility and the vulnerability of a shepherd child on Christmas. If you're new to church, this is what the Bible calls grace, and it truly is amazing. It is God's radical acceptance at Christ's expense, and it really is amazing if you think about it. Uh, Bono, he is the lead singer of U2. If you're uh, under 20, it's the guy who put stuff on your iPod uh, this past fall. Uh, he said this. Listen to what he said. He said, I remember coming back from a very long tour. On Christmas Eve, I went to St. Patrick's Cathedral, and it had dawned on me before, but it really sank in the Christmas story. This idea that God, if there is a force of love and logic in the universe, that it would seek to explain itself is amazing enough. That it would seek to explain itself and describe itself by becoming a child born in straw poverty, a child. I just thought, wow, just the poetry, a knowable love, a knowable power describes itself as the most vulnerable. Now watch this. I was sitting there, Bono says, and tears came down my face. And I saw the genius of this. Love needs to find form. Intimacy needs to be whispered. To me, it makes sense. Love has to become an action or something concrete. There must be an incarnation. Love must be made what? Flesh. God's love made flesh. That is the good news or the gospel of Christmas. This radical love and blessing and forgiveness and grace of God offered by Jesus to these shepherds. I'm sending you a savior to clear your sins, to bridge the distance, to pay your bill. Religion didn't work for the shepherds, and religion doesn't work for us. God's grace is a sheer gift from your Father in heaven of salvation. All you can do is receive it to be reconciled to God. As John 3.16 makes very clear, for God so loved the world that he what? He gave. This is why we give at Christmas. God gave his one and only Son 
that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have what? Eternal life. That is the gospel in a nutshell, my friends. This is the good news God sends his angels to announce. God is not distant. He's not far away. Don't be afraid of God. He is your heavenly father. And your father, watch this, is generous. God's a giver. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave his one and only son, Jesus, to be born, to live the sinless life that you were supposed to live, but fell short of, and then to die in your place. And through simple faith and that sacrifice and his resurrection, you receive eternal life. That good news came first to shepherds whose testimony wasn't even admissible in a court of law. They were painfully aware of their need, and God first went to people who were isolated and offered intimacy. God comes first to those who can't pay their bills, and he cancels their debt, and he makes them a co-heir of the throne of heaven. Grace is good news, amen? Our world is starved for good news, especially right now. I mean, this year, the airwaves have been filled with fear, right? Ebola, ISIS, racial unrest, massacres of school children, that's in the nightly news. To me, it's nice every once in a while to hear a real-life story that reflects God's grace, the aroma of grace. I heard one about this this past week, about something that happened in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Apparently, on Monday, a woman named Marilyn Garcia got a phone call from Walmart. She's a single mom. She actually does work two jobs, and she's struggling financially this Christmas. So she went to Walmart and put several toys for her children on layaway. And so you basically put it on layaway, and you pay like $10 a week until you pay it off, etc. But on Monday, the layaway deadline came and went, and she realized she wasn't going to make the payment. But Walmart calls her, and she thinks, oh, they're going to tell me, you know, I lost my money, and I can't have the toys. And Walmart says, no, come pick up your toys. They're completely paid for. And she thought it was a mistake. He said, no, 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 there is no mistake. Apparently, on Monday morning, a man walked into Walmart and plunked down $50,000 and said, I want to pay for every item on layaway right now. He covered the accounts of 100 families, mostly toys for kids. CNN called him the layaway angel. And apparently, this angelic generosity is catching on in other states and stores. A similar thing happened at a Kmart in Kentucky. Listen to this. Lucy Grillo is one of many people who use Kmart's layaway program to buy their Christmas gifts. You make payments every two weeks. But sometimes those payments can get to be just too much. Someone's sick, maybe they've lost a job. As Christmas started looming large, Lucy grew concerned about the $100 balance on her account. I was kind of thinking, okay, you know, I don't know if I'm going to have enough money to get this out before Christmas. Until she got a phone call. I received a phone call from Kmart. And I said, oh, I know, I need to come pay on my layaway. And they said, well, yes, ma'am. They said, but when you come, you only need to pay us a penny. And I'm like, a penny? I think you all made a mistake. They hadn't. A stranger had paid all but the last penny. And I said, you've got to be kidding. This is for real. And they said, yes. And I started crying. In all, store managers here at the Lexington Kmart said so-called layaway angels paid off 20 accounts, adding up to as much as $10,000. It's really exciting because they're not receiving anything in return for this. It's just the, a true spirit of giving. Some have even made it a tradition. Maybe they don't have a family, and this is a way that they can give to others and experience that Christmas joy. Lucy doesn't know who paid her bill. The person that did this, you are an angel. But she's certainly thankful. I think God has a way of taking care of something that you don't think that you can do or that you don't think that you can handle. 
and this just proves to me that, you know, he put forth an angel in front of me when I least expected it. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that cool? Yeah, that's pretty amazing. That's what grace looks like in the real world. God sends a messenger to anonymously pay somebody's bill and let them know they are not forgotten. They are not alone. They are loved. They have been blessed. And you know what? When they least expect it and can't afford it, you pay their bill, just like Jesus did for us on the cross. Through Jesus' sacrifice, our debt to God was paid, and we receive grace, eternal life. Even when we feel poor and powerless or lonely and unloved, the good news is that the grace of Jesus Christ draws us close at Christmas. Well, today, we have a special opportunity, guys, to deliver this same message of joy to a ton of people across our state. For three weeks, we've been talking about how God sent his angels at Christmas to encourage people in need. And today, you get to be one. You get to be an angel. You get to deliver God's message of care and compassion to people today who are out in the fields keeping watch at night. As I said, there are a lot of people who are working on Christmas Eve at gas stations, at convenience stores, security guards, toll takers. You've probably seen them, maybe even on your way here, caregivers firemen, policemen, nurses, doctors on call. And they're out in the fields right now on Christmas Eve keeping watch over us. And why do they do that? I mean, why does somebody actually work on Christmas Eve? And in, in a lot of cases, let's be honest, they have no choice. They, they may be poor and they need the money. They may be powerless, low on the totem pole, so they have no choice. You work or you lose your job. Very few people volunteer to work on Christmas Eve like the shepherds. And so just like the angel did on that first Christmas Eve, you are going to deliver God's message of love and joy to them. On your way home today, before your family sits down to eat the big ham and carve it up, before kids, you unwrap your presents and go crazy Xboxing and gaming, all right? I want your family to brainstorm one person near your home who is keeping watch tonight. In other words, they're working on Christmas Eve, and you have one message to deliver. The message is, you matter to God, and you matter to us. Behold, our very own Operation Cookie Angel at Liquid Church. A conspiracy of kindness is about to hit New Jersey. I am so excited for this. You guys know what this is. I've been waiting all day just to bust these open. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. That's so these are not just any cookies. I'm sorry, I'm speaking with my mouth full. These are premium chocolate chunk cookies from our friends at Chick-fil-A, and they are amazing. And we had the idea. What if we said, you know what? What if on Christmas Eve, instead of focusing on what we're getting in the next 24 hours, we had our church families fan out all across our state from four campuses, and on your way home, brought the good news to everybody who's actually working <coughs> on Christmas Eve. They're a little dry, not really. They're very, they're quite good. <laughs> Toll takers on your way home, policemen, the waitress at your local diner, the guy pumping gas down the street. Today, we're sending everybody at our Christmas Eve services home with over 12,000 cookies to hand deliver to people who are working on Christmas Eve with a simple message. You're gonna tell them, you know what? You matter to God and you matter to me. Merry Christmas from your friends at Liquid Church. So here's my question. Who will you give this bag of God's love to near your home? The possibilities are endless, but here are a few ideas that your campus pastors came up with. 
Hey guys, Merry Christmas. Pastor Richard here. I'm standing in front of our church building in Liquid Mountainside. Hey, Pastor Kyler here. I live right here across the street from the Hanover Township Police Department. Hey guys, Pastor Peter here from Liquid Nutley. I'm standing directly in front of the Chestnut Cafe. But right behind us is actually the Manor Care Nursing Home. And this is a place where people can receive nursing care for re rehabilitation or long-term care for senior citizens. And you know, tonight I'm gonna be dropping off this bag of cookies. You know why? Because old age and illness, they don't take Christmas off. The police watch over us every night, including Christmas Eve when, like the rest of us, they would probably prefer to be with family and friends. So tonight after services, I'm excited about coming back here and telling them how much they matter to God and to us. My friend Janine serves as a waitress each and every day, but I'm gonna flip the tables on her tonight because I'm gonna serve her a bag of cookies because I want her to know that she matters to God and she matters to us here at Liquid Church. And so, you know, I want to be able to go there and give them this and show that they matter to God and they matter to us. God sent His Son to us on Christmas to give us a message of hope, and I want to give them the message of hope that they matter to God as well. Who can you tell this evening on your way home that they matter to God and to you? Who can you be God's messenger? You're going to be an angel, and you are going to hand deliver a message from the Heavenly Father to them and let them know they are loved, they are not forgotten. For me, it's a no-brainer. On our family's way home today, I'm going to stop by and see Larry at the Shell Station. That's where I fill it up. And Larry is a lifesaver. He is there 24-7. He pumps my gas every week. He towed my truck when it broke down this summer. And I guarantee you, Larry is working on Christmas Eve. So before our family actually goes home to unwrap all our presents, we're going to go to the Shell Station. And we're going to let Larry know, from us to him, he matters to God. You know what, Larry? You matter to me. It is that simple. Larry watches over us, and I want to let him know that God loves him, and so do we. So for, I want you to think right now and brainstorm for your family one person who is near your home working today that you can be an angel and deliver this message to. Now, as you're thinking about that, let me tell you how this is going to work, and I do need to say this. There is a one bag per family limit, okay? You're going to be tempted to eat these. These are premium cookies. They are not for you. So right now, I want you to select one member from your family, one person to represent your family, could be a kid, all right? But I want one person in your family to put their hand up right now who's going to represent their family. Who's it going to be for you guys? Who's it going to be? I'll pass it over here. Over here, here, catch it, big boy. You catch it. Okay, you got, got it? Okay, don't hit your sister. All right, keep your hand up. One person for family, okay? Because our elves need to know who are going to give you the cookies. And we're going to give you one bag. You got it? One person raising their hand in your family. Are you ready? Okay, let's send in the Enough of that. Oh, my goodness. All right. Does everybody, every family have one bag? Okay. Bunch of noisy angels. Let me give you some instructions because pinned to your bag is an instruction card with very simple instructions. It says, 
People matter to God and to us. Let's tell them this Christmas. Here's what it says. Step one, brainstorm somebody close to home who is working tonight, okay? Again, could be police, first responders, gas station diner. Step two, I want you to think through why you're thankful for them. I want you to think about that, okay? Then step three, you're going to give them the bag and tell them they matter to God and to you. I want you to look them in the eye. Let it be from your heart. And you can share the story of what happened. You know, you can put the hashtag people matter and put it up on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. It'd be kind of fun to see. But I want you to imagine right now at all four campuses, we're going to have about 5,000 people right now heading out into the night to represent Christ at Christmas all across our state. That's what I love about this. It's not specific to one town. It's going to go all over. And today, to include our series, Fear Not, you're going to be God's messenger. God said, we've been talking about the angels and me bringing that message of love to you, but I'm now handpicking you to deliver this message that they are not forgotten, that Christ came for them, and that's why they matter to God and to us. So who are you going to deliver the good news to? Again, could be EMT, could be first responders. Maybe it's a waitress at a diner or Dunkin' Donuts, a cashier at Quick Check or CVS or 7-Eleven, or maybe you're going to swing, maybe you're going to swing by the nursing home. You know what? Take 15 minutes. Take your kids, for heaven's sakes, teach them what Christmas is about, to let a widow or a shut-in know they're not forgotten, or drop by the hospital and thank the doctors and nurses for keeping watch over the flock under their care. You guys know best who you can bless on your way home today. Guys, at Christmas, God loved us enough to send the very best, to say, those of you who feel forgotten, I am going to personally hand-deliver evidence of my love, my son, Jesus Christ. And now I am sending you to deliver that same news. What I want to do is I want to pray for each family who is here before you go. So all our campuses, let's stand together for our cookie commissioning, all right? Stand on up, guys. We're so glad that you're here. Father God, we just bow our heads right now. We thank you for Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of your son, that when we believe in his death, we are raised to life. God, you have given us your Holy Spirit as well. And I pray right now as we go out into the highways and byways across New Jersey, God, we would be carriers of your love, of your grace this Christmas. We ask that all glory go to your son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that everybody said together, amen. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.